Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. SRB Media. Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to part 10, episode 10 of our weekly podcast, The Current View, with the idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. How's things, mate? Yes, it's nice to hear from you again. I hope you've enjoyed your holiday. Yeah, it was decent. Uh, Nice and warm, but it was nice and warm here in England as well. It's not so nice and warm today now. It's awful. It's raining. A week is a long time in football. Yes, and obviously there's a couple of bad uh, things been happening with obviously with Bury and Bolton. Yep. Uh, let's hope that there can be. Well, Bolton's been sorted, but sounds a bit. Let's hope the Bury one can be uh, turned around and that uh, somebody's going to save them and uh, keep them keep them going. We're going to start on our usual the numbers up. It is episode 10. Who's your favourite number 10? Well, it's got to be uh, Alan Hudson, uh, closely followed by uh, Rivellino, but uh, Hudson is my favourite number 10. How good was Rivellino? Because, you know, I was a little oh. bit too young <coughs> excuse me, uh, for the 1970 World Cup finals. But I remember Rivellino doing something at Wembley and... He'd he'd put his, his he'd roll his studs over the ball and then bring it back again. And I remember as a kid looking at that and being absolutely mesmerised by Rivellino. Well, what a player! But yeah. when you look at the Brazilians, haven't they produced some absolutely world 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 class players? Yeah. I mean, uh, at the same time as Pele, I mean, he played with all Pele did uh, Rivellino. But the um, the little uh, Garincha at, um, for Brazil, yeah. what a great little player he was. They produced that many great players. It's been untrue. But Rivellino, Rivellino was was a player. What could do nearly? Well, could make the ball talk. His free kicks. When you look when you look at his free kicks uh, in those days with the balls, yeah. what he, uh, what are you producing? I mean. The great free kicks now, what our modern day players are, uh, are scoring with. But the ball is lighter and it does swerve. But in those days, it was more heavier. So, what a player he was. And Diego Maradona references him as one of his greatest players. That's right. Uh, Maradona uh, was a really big fan of uh, Rivellino. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rivellino, yeah, you're right. And. Uh, I think he, he modelled himself a little bit on him, but obviously, I mean, he was a world-class player, but he, he took it on to another level, did uh, yeah. Maradona. I mean, when you look, when you talk about number 10s, he's another one. He messed you know, the great players, you know, but I have to go with with, with the English with the English one because uh, he was one I saw as a kid growing up, uh, Alan Hudson. You know, so uh, it always stuck in it stuck in my mind, and he's one of those players what we never use right. Uh, same as Stan Bowles and the, the Worthington of this world. For some unknown reason, our coaches were uh, more pragmatic. You know, mm. they wanted uh, reliable, what they thought reliable players, not players what can win matches. When you look at the Europeans and the rest of the world, they want players what what can unlock a door and and uh, unlock defenses. But we've never wanted to go down that line, barring Brian Clough. And Huddy would unlock a defence with a killer pass, wouldn't he? Not the greatest of goal scorers, and, and Al would, would say that himself, but that wasn't that wasn't what Hudson was about. Hudson was about starting the play. He'd pass, he'd move, he'd put that killer pass through to whether it be Jimmy Greenoff or Peter Osgood. And he could he could orchestrate the team from 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 the pitch, couldn't he? Well, your game starts on midfield. Yeah. The thing about people like Hudson and all great players is the first touch, yeah. you know the ball's going to stick. You know he's not going to lose the ball. You know when he passes it, 
you know, it's going to be a pass. What's going to be a meaningful pass? It's going to it's going to go to the area where he where he's practically putting it. You know, when 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 players like him, and I'm not just him, there's plenty of players like Hudson, but you know what I'm trying to say is, as a kid, me watching them type of players, yeah. they 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 would thread a ball through and put three four people uh, players out of the game of the opposition. Yeah. You know, so we've we've missed out on that. For years and years and years, yes, Gerard and Lampard's been great players, but they are what they are what you call box to box players. Yeah, you know, uh, and yes, I mean you got Lampard, uh, unbelievable goal, amount of goals he scored for a midfield player. But I think mean, Hudson reminds me uh, myself a little bit. I mean, I could have scored a lot more goals than what I did do in my mm-hmm. uh, in my career, but I, I, Hudson would sooner lay a ball on. Off yeah. like for somebody else to score, and and accept the the you know it was his goal because that's what I that's what I used to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I I would imagine if someone in a centre we need you to start shooting more and uh, get, get want more goals from you, I would imagine he would have done it. But he finished up like I did, having to move because he, he lost the best player uh, manager he had. I should say not the best player, but the best manager he had was uh, uh, Tony Waddington. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and it was same like me with Brian Clough. I couldn't get away with murder. You could ask anyone at Nottingham Forest, yeah. Robbo, Martin O'Neill, I'd get away with murder compared to other players. Because uh, he used, I mean, Clough used to say to me, I'm going to play you through the middle one day. I said, I used to play through the middle when I was a kid. Yeah. It's only that uh, Morissette has put me out on wing because I was quick. Um, but great players like Hudson, we have just dis- disregarded for some unknown reason. Uh, well, if I say it's jealousy, people say, "Well, why would somebody be jealous?" But it, it, there's nothing. There's no other word I can think of, mm-hmm. because all what these managers did were play players what they thought were reliable. When you yeah. look at Thompson, Tom Thomas Thomas, what played for uh, Crystal Palace, I know yeah, yeah. he's is a pool of that at the moment in time. But when you see him getting a, a one England cap and Alan Hudson mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. two caps, well, Charlie George even got. Uh, well, he got one cap, six, yeah. seven minutes. Why have we done this in this country? I'd like to know the real reason for it because Hudson were brave, never miss matches. Nine out of ten, nearly every game, them players. But when the team get beat or got beat, I would imagine he'd be the one that got the blame for it. <clears throat> and when you look at it, it's... I'm not one for game wanting managers sack, <clears throat> but the sword starts with them. Yeah, they pick the team, they pick the team, and if they don't get the team right, if they don't get the balance right, if if the philosophy is not right for the players, then it's their it's their fault. Now, when 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 the team successful, I'm I'm one for saying it's the manager what's done it because it's the manager what's put the great players together and got a great team together to to win things. That's why. You know, I, I love people like Brian Clough and I love Guardiola and I'm fascinated with Bielsa. You know, managers like that who are willing to play attractive football are brave managers. When you look at the managers we've had over the years, have they been brave? No. Anybody can organise yeah. uh, and, and stop people playing. And when you look at the ones what we've had over the years, well, if I'd have been an owner, they wouldn't have got near the club. But everyone's different, aren't they? Now, while we're talking of, of, of national uh, call-ups, it will, at the end of, I think, is it the end of this month? Um, England, or certainly it may even be the end of this week, Gareth Southgate's got to call up the next group of, of players to uh, to take on Bulgaria. Who would you identify as players that, that will get called up that haven't been called up? Or how would you line up? the England team against Bulgaria and what system would you play? Well, I, I would always play a 4-3-3. A three, three. Yeah. I would always play a 4-3-3 three, three, uh, with my front three and be lightning quick. And when it's a lightning quick, they've got to be able to, to, to understand the game, read the game yeah. and uh, have a great touch. Um, what players, what, what, what what's got a chance of getting called up? Obviously, the one main one what's sticking out at the moment in time is Grealish. Yeah. Um, Hudson Adoy now is just coming back from his injury. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he'll, he's going to get called up uh, on this one because obviously with a bad injury, 
his Achilles tendon. Yeah. Uh, we've we missed out on um, one or two other players what's been injured. So I don't think there'll be many two changes, but I'd like to see Grealish in there yeah. and have a look at him because when you look at him, he's so, so composed on the ball. Yeah. I, I won't be surprised if he doesn't become a Guardiola player. Yeah. I will be very surprised because uh, I made a statement um, on my wall last week that uh, this kid will be uh, the next David Silver. Yes. Oh, he's still only 20, 21, isn't he? So, you know, I can remember all these expert pundits kept saying that David Silver, no good. He hasn't produced it in, 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 in our league. And then Guardiola comes in and is the best thing since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, give him a little another year on his back, maybe two years on his back, and he'll 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 be on the same par as as a David Silva. It's so composed, and he sees that path. Yeah. It, it, when you look at players, when you look at players, he's a player. What you know, what's not going to get flustered on the ball. The Hudsons of this world, Stan Bowles, like I said, they've never been picked. These players, mm-hmm. you know. Grealish, Grealish is now is in with a good bunch of uh, young quality midfield players that we have got, you know. But without doubt, uh, he'd be in my squad, and now I'd be looking at him, uh, putting him in. Let's have a good look at him, because he's one of them. What can unlock a door, and with a pass, and he can unlock a door by just drifting by by people with it. You know, with one of his mazy runs. So he's one of that. Definitely wanted to uh, uh, to be. To be uh, put in and have a look. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at uh, Butland up at Stoke. What's been in and around the, the squad? I think at moment in time he's he's struggling at Stoke and he's making some right wickets. So mm. he's going to struggle, I think, in, in in this next one. But um, I think he'll stick with practically what he's got, and he just might add one or two. But I'm hoping Grealish is among that. I'm not hoping he should be among it, and I'm and he will be among it. Hundred percent agree. I'd have James Madison in there as well. well yeah, we we have got lots. Yeah, we have got lots of quality midfield. Mm-hmm. The problem with now is with when we have, you can never have too many. Yeah, but some of them are going to be they're going to miss out on it. Yeah, and it's not because they're bad players. It's because we have got some quality midfield players now, Gabby. Yeah. For the first time since since the the Hudsons of this world and your Currys and your Bowls, it's the first time we've got a. a Good quality bunch of it. The, of fu- the future is definitely looking good for England, and um, I, I would agree with you. I'd play four three three. My front three would be uh, Sancho, um, um, Sterling, and Harry Kane, and then I play midfield. I play Madison. I play Mason Mount and Jack Grealish, and I blood the young kids. I I put them in because I, I think they're good enough, and I think with Jack, he's the one standout player for me. Whole wholeheartedly agree with you. He he will take possession of the ball in all areas of the football pitch, deep midfield, round the round the penalty area. He'll use it. He's got a great football brain, got great feet, got great. He's got everything. I think he for me. He's the most complete football player that we've got in the Premier League that's English. That's my opinion. Without, without doubt, there is no one yeah. more composed in any part yeah. of the field than yeah. Jack Grealish. No one. No one. But, but he doesn't have to worry about uh, getting picked uh, with him being young because Southgate has not been frightened to do it. Yeah. Not being frightened to do it. The biggest problem for Southgate is, like you say, Madison. You know, uh, he's got Barkley, he's got Grealish. Uh, um, he's got stacks of midfield yeah. players. What's coming through and what's already been in the squad, what hasn't looked too bad at all. You know, um, I know you like uh, Kane and I know Kane scores goals, but I'd, I'd, sooner have, I'd sooner have Rashford up there, me, because when I look at it, uh, when you've got Sterling, Rashford, and uh, Hudson Adoy, Sancho, these are players. Pace. What? Yeah. What's got pace? But the, the touch. When the when you look at great players, Gabby. When you look at great, the great great players. Yeah. The first touch is it's sublime. It sticks. You know. So it they don't break stride. It doesn't run away. The second the second ball is not a challenge for them. Yeah. You know they can do. They can either pass. Uh, from the control, <clears throat> or they can get a shot off after they've controlled it, 
or they can go and do whatever they want to do with it. They're not having to fight for it once they're trying to control it, like some players. And that's the difference with these type of players now. Now, while I was away, I did notice on your wall about this Barcelona wonder kid. So tell me a bit more about him. So I, I didn't see him, but I, I saw that you was uh, oh. you was quite quite elated by this young sixteen-year-old boy's performance. Anyone, Gabby? Yeah. Just think about this: a sixteen-year-old kid. Yeah. Coming on for Barcelona. Yeah. Look at the players at Barcelona, and they're not frightened to play a boy at 16 yeah. at 16 and he looked like a man mm. when he came on when I say look like a man I mean a man uh, what got all the confidence in the world with the football yeah. his movement his passing his confidence everything about him looked as though he got that arrogance and what I mean by arrogance there's a difference between a big head yep. and, and, and wanting to be a uh, aloof from everybody he's got that arrogance but he wants to share with everybody look at me this is what I'm going to do this kid is going to be the next Messi without doubt what a player this kid looks and I mean what a player I think at times you're right people mistake arrogance from being really really confident and I think if if you are a top proper top player you must ooze uber confidence which sometimes people would misconstrue it and perceive it to be arrogance. I don't think it's arrogance. I just think it's supreme confidence. It is. And yeah. I mean, the, you, you, the, the the odd player, I, I mean, I've seen it myself and been in and around it when somebody you think, well, hang on a bit, you know, come down, everybody's saying, don't try and be, trying to be little certain players. Yeah. But having that arrogance to, to show to the world in the fans, your fans, or your, your, your team you're playing for, yeah. And you think, look, I'm on this stage and I'm not going to let you down. Yeah. And that's what I mean by arrogance. He's, he's, saying to, he's saying to the fans, he's saying to the public, he's saying to the rest of the world, I'm here, yeah. have a look at me, you know, but I want you to see how good I am. And that's what I mean by him. He's got that all-round package to be one of the great players uh, in the world. And this kid, by can he play? And also with that supreme confidence, you do things that other players wouldn't even think about. Even going around a goalkeeper, putting the ball on the goal line, getting on your knees and heading the ball in. Young Tim Curran once done that, didn't they, against Derby? I've, I've done that. And, 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 and the other week, just before uh, just before um, Hazard had gone to uh, Real Madrid, I was watching a, watching a clip on television. There yeah. was a training session and, and Hazard did it. And I had to laugh. I had to laugh because... I did it against one of my old 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 uh, clubs, Derby County. Yeah. Went round the goalkeeper, stopped the ball on the line, got on my knees, and I did. I always said I was going to do it. Anyway, I did it, but I can remember Big Jack running down the touchline. You do that again, and I'll <laughs> keep your you know head off, you know. But you see, in in our day, I used to do things in training, and some players would say to me, "We show me how to do that." Yeah. But the manager didn't like it. They used to say, "You're not you're not in a circus." You know, they just want to be a player what they think they could rely on, up and down, up and down. And football, if you're going to be an up and down player, if you're going to hit balls over the top, quality players will just drop off. Yeah. They will read the game all day long. You've got to make the opposition think, what's this player or what's this team going to do next? And until until we get into that uh, category like the rest of the world are uh, uh, playing football, then we will always struggle to win major trophies. I mean, people say, well, we're a small island. Well, of course we're a small island. But look at Croatia's in an, what in the final. Yeah. They're twice smaller than what we are. Yeah. But they've got quality people on the ball. We are getting that. I must admit, we are getting that now. All I want to see Gal- uh, Southgate do with this team, what, he, what he's got, this national team now, is play with a bit of uh, an air tempo. You know, the, the, it, it, yep. it's okay, but it needs to go up another level where it, where the movement is quick, fast move, interchanging, off the ball, running, making runs. Maybe the ball doesn't go, but the play keeps making that same run, yeah. even if it doesn't get it. We've got to just get that tempo up a little bit higher, and I, I don't I don't think we're going to be too far away if we can do that, or if we can get if we can get him to do that. 
Now, going back to the Derby game, what was your thought process going into the game and and, and doing the podcast with you, with you regularly? You, you know, I've got an idea and, and a, an opinion of, of what makes you tick and what doesn't. You playing against one of your old clubs, you really aren't that bothered. It didn't matter to you who you played against. You wanted to just entertain that crowd. Now, a few games earlier, you went round the goalkeeper at Chester and whacked the ball in pretty much on the goal line. Was it one of those that you thought, right, I've done that. I'm going to take it to the next level. And there was always a little bit of you pushing that boundary of Jack's temper to almost the extreme like an elastic band in in i suppose what i'm trying to say if jack charlton says to you like you'd say to any kids don't do that again you do it and you do it twice i wouldn't be afraid not to do it i will exactly. say that but but when i went i wasn't afraid to do it but the lads knew i went a big head because yeah. all i used to do i'd go in and have a laugh with them and they said to me you've got the bollocks i'm sorry for swearing it's but okay. you've got the balls you've got the balls to do that haven't you yeah, yeah. i wouldn't dare do that you know uh, but I, I used to do it and, and laugh and laugh about it and, yes. and, and laugh with it and try and have a laugh with the i mean some some of the players uh did, did take it the wrong way because nobody likes to be nutmeg nobody likes to be uh taking taking the mickey out on a football field but i didn't do it to to to, to belittle people I, I, I did it for a laugh, yeah. and and that game against Chester, uh, I was tempted. Shall I shall I do the same again and get uh, stop the ball on the line and um, get on my hands and knees? I thought, well, I better not do that. I'll try something else. But I did go round the keeper and I stopped the ball on the line and then I just booted it in, 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 in into the uh, net hard. Uh, the key uh, the uh, number four Trevor Stoughton, who's, who's passed away now, great lad was Trevor. He used to come to my house and he said to me. Uh, you were so arrogant when you do things, you, you know. But it weren't, it weren't, I didn't do it for, you know, to uh, to upset people. I did it but, but, to show people the games. The, I want to win, Gabby. Make no yeah. mistake. There's, there's nothing worse than Saturday night, a Saturday night or a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night when you've got beat, you know, because... I know the fans get disappointed, but you believe me, players are so down. And, and Even people like me think, you know. But I always used to say to myself, an hour afterwards, I said, right, next game, let's get it right. And so uh, you, you just want to win. But I wanted to I wanted to win, but I wanted to win I want to win with style. Yes. I'll never forget Cluffy saying to, to Rebbe when he when he said to Don Rebbe in the interview on the on calendar, our Yorkshire uh, TV, local TV, and he said to him, I, I, do, I want to do it better than you. And Rebbe said to him, well, you can't do it better than me. He said, well, why can't I? He said, well, I only lost four matches. He said, well, I could, only, I, could only lose, I, can, I could only lose three, but I want to do it with style, Don. You know, and that's, when I, when I want to win, I wanted to win with style. I wanted to win with, you know, the people had gone away and enjoying, enjoying the, uh, the game. I mean, I can remember when at the end of my career going to Huddersfield, I was at Huddersfield, and Mick Books and uh, what manager uh, uh, the, uh, of the team, and, and uh, Jimmy Roberts, uh, Robinson was, was our coach, an ex-Burnley player, and uh, they said to us, I want you to do a trick and try and score a goal. And I can remember <clears throat> running with the ball and rolling it up back of my head. Back of my legs, I should say. Yeah. Came over my head, and I followed it into net, and all lads just stopped and started clap, clapping. There weren't no videos and YouTube's about in my day. Yeah. I will never forget that one, as long as I live. Uh, but it was in training. But you see, players now put uh, clips on of goals in training. But you, I, you, when you when you did certain things, the problem with our coaches. Uh, they looked at it and they went, wow. And then they said, I don't want you trying things like that in football match. Yeah. Because if you lost it and it went up, up, up to the field and they scored, they, they go ballistic, yeah. you know. you know. But all goals, all goals are from mistakes. Yeah. From When you analyse any goal, it's from a mistake. Whoever it is, whether it's a goalkeeper or whether it's Alan Shearer or whether it's Messi, they will make a mistake somewhere along the line, uh, a player, and it can cost the team a goal. But we seem to come every down on it, our type of coaches. And while we've been talking about Derby, Forrest played Derby last night, the 3-0 win for, for Forrest. Forrest looks as though they're on fire at the moment. Two of your old clubs, I'm amazed that that game, A, wasn't a live t- TV game, and then B, amazed that you wouldn't have been the, uh, the special guest for appearing for both teams so magnificently. 
Well, I, I do get I do get uh, offers to go down yeah. to, to the game, but I can't always I can't always get. But I watched Forrest uh, play with my one of my other old teams, Sheffield Wednesday last year, when Bruce was manager of Wednesday and, mm-hmm. and Martin, and obviously Martin was a mate of mine uh, from Forrest, and I watched him play, and both teams were poor. And the ball was long, and it was it was a jab game. Uh, but this guy has seemed to have uh, got Forrest playing good, attractive uh, and expansive football. Um, so that's a great result. That's a great result for Forrest last night against one of the, well, their arch rival, Derby County. And regardless of what anyone says about, well, oh, it's, it's a cup game, we're not bothered about that. You can always win your next game. Yeah. And that game, they won next time they played Derby County. They'll be, be fearful of how Forrest played yeah. and the result, the 3-0 result, because that that's a bit of a tanking three 0 The derby would have liked that. The fans would have liked that. Um, so Forest was obviously uh, it was a great result for them last night. But they are playing well at this moment in time, is Forest. And again, we've seen so many wholesale changes. You know, I, I I get the game of football these days where you you're playing a lot of games and there's cup competitions now. They're into leagues, and I'm I'm talking more Europe, and and because of that. That you're almost playing two leagues. I mean, you've got what 38 games in the Premier League, and to win the Champions League, you, you, I don't know, you're probably playing about 22, aren't you? Now it's quite ridiculous. So I do get the fact that they need extra players, but I'm talking now teams in the Championship and even like <laughs> some in League One are making ridiculous amounts of changes for oh. a League Cup game. It's getting ridiculous. Here's a prime example. First and foremost, why would uh, Neil Warnock says he's retiring. He's going to lose some of those players yeah. by saying he's retiring. Right? On, on top of that, then he picks a, 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 a depleted squad to mm. play Luton. Right? So now that they're now in a rut, they've already been in a rut when they came down. Yeah. They've, they've lost uh, the last two matches. And you look at it, you think you should always win your next match. Yeah. If you looked at Villa last night, they played a strong squad. Yeah. They played a strong squad. You know, you've got to start to win your next match. The, 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 when you look at Manchester City, they've got two teams. Mm. They can go for every trophy what's out there. Yeah. And they try and go for every trophy. Right? Monday night at this moment in time, Arsenal and Chelsea can't, af- can't afford to pick and choose what they're going to go for. Oh, we, we, we've got to get in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. They've got to try and win trophies. And you should always try and win your next match. Because you, you don't have the players for it like a Manchester City have. You know, playing playing a weakened team against, you know, uh, a half-decent opposition, yeah. it can backfire on you. Yep. The result yeah. uh, you don't get right. And then you, ne- you, come out for, you come out for the next game. And if you go one behind the fans on the on your back, you know, if you big carry, if you weaker players can't handle it and your big cavi- uh, your big characters are left to try and sort it out themselves it doesn't it, it doesn't work for you half the time Gabby so I don't I haven't got a clue why they do it I, I can only think that the thing that the Guardiolas of this world and the Armourinhos of this world that we've got 40 players to pick from that, that baffles me it really baffles me that, that, listen I don't like to see anybody get a sack but when they get a sack I look at it it's your own fault because if I was a manager, I would try and win the next match. No, you can't win every match. You cannot win every match. But I would try and win my next match, whether it was a league uh, league cup game, a Carabao Cup game, or an FA Cup game, or the league. I would try and win that next match because that's the most important. Because if, if once you start to get into a road, Huddersfield Town's proved it. You know, the guy who has got sacked, the Stewart. Uh, won one game in 19, chopping and changing, and all yeah. this this doesn't matter. Football matters. It matters to fans. They're the ones what's going to get on players' backs. Certain players can't handle the pressure when the fans start them on. I've seen that. I've been in dressing rooms, Gabby. Yeah. It, it does not work. Some some players can't handle it. So you've got to try and win your next match. And, and to, to, to play a, de, a depleted team, they deserve all they get some of these managers. And lots of them treat it as a, 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 reserve, a reserve cup. 
there's, well, there's, there's no reserve league now. It's it's under 23. And I've noticed in the um, the other competition for the third and fourth division teams, you've got the likes of Everton and Arsenal and, and one or two others that are putting an under 23 team in there. For me, a big problem is not having the reserve league. It stifles the growth. It stifles the experience of the younger players. And when you do make 10 or 11, to be fair, Villa made 10, 10 changes, but it paid off for them. But when you do make so many changes, you've got no cohesion and no pattern of play because they, these, these players are almost all alien to each other, aren't they? Well, when you were a young kid or a young, young lad at 23, 20, uh, 22, 23, 21, trying to, get, you know, yeah. trying to make your way into first team football, yeah. especially nowadays, if you were playing against a player that's played uh, three, four, five hundred games, mm. you know, you're playing with that type of player or against that player, you're going to learn from them. Yes. So when you're playing against the uh, under-23s, when you play uh, every week for the under-23s, you're playing the same type of uh, player, but it's it's not as physical and as quick as a first-team game is because yep. you're playing for three points. You're playing for us, what, what's important. You're playing, you're playing in front of 70,000 fans. So there's more meaning in it. So playing uh, a 23 team... Uh, Instead of experienced players, you're never going to get any young lads are never going to get the benefit of learning from the senior players what's been there, done it, and wore the t shirt. It doesn't help them. And the quicker they fetch the reserve team game back, I think you'll find that players will improve a lot quicker and a lot better. Wholeheartedly agree. I remember talking to, to Brian Little, and as a young player, he thought, I'm ready here, I'm, I'm playing for Aston Villa's reserves. And uh, I'm, I have a couple of games here. I'll be in the first team, and I'm I'm, I'm ready. And he, he played against Paddy Crelland, and he said playing against him made me realise how much more I needed to improve. Because as you say, when you're playing against someone like Paddy Crelland that's come back from injury or just been that reserve team to get that little bit of match fitness sharpness, kids can learn so much playing against them players. It's beyond belief. Can you imagine a young Brian Little yeah. having to play against Paddy Craven? Yeah. What he's probably just watched uh, win a, a, a European Cup yeah. and great all the trophies that Man United won over the years yeah. to be able to play against him and think. And if I did well against him, what's people going to make of me? Yeah. You know, you can't buy that, Gabby. You no, cannot you buy it. And why? You see, what was this, uh, Bill Shankly uh, made a made a great comment about the FA. The FA know everything about uh, the rules, but they know nothing about football. Yeah. And for them to do away with the reserve team uh, games is another bad judgment, whether it's the clubs or the FA, but it's a bad judgment of whoever's decided to do that. And while we're talking about players and the players' development, uh, let's go on to what young Jock, Jock Curran, watch. How did he get on the weekend and where's Jock's development at this present moment in time? Well, he didn't play this weekend, okay. but he, he, came, well, he, came on, he came on a sub in the last 10 minutes. They finally won the first game. But I will not be behind the bush, Gabby. Yeah. The, the football I watch when I watch that, in the four games I've seen them play, I haven't seen them two passes together in the four games I've watched. But it's an experience he's going he's gonna to learn from, you know, uh, all different types of football that will play in, in, in that type of league. Uh, will he benefit from it? It'll make him a strong player and he'll, he'll, get, he'll look back at it if he comes through all this and he goes on to be successful. He'll look back at this and think, well, that was an experience. So it was a great result for him. But again, I mean, I thought they should have. I thought they should have lost it. In my opinion, yeah. the uh, Spalding had three great, great chances to score. But it's a result, and when you're not playing well, to get any result, you know, is a big thing. So it doesn't make a difference how you play as long as you get the result. But uh, it'll be an experience for him. He's got he's got the ability, Gabby. Yeah, he just needs to fill out. Yeah. And I don't say that. Uh, Half-heartedly, you know, because I'd tell him if you, if I didn't think he were good enough, I won't be taking him up and down the motorways, going all over to watch, uh, watch him play football. Because I want to watch teams play natural, natural football. I want to, I want to enjoy the game, and and clap both the teams off. But the the four games I've seen him, they haven't put four passes together, 
either teams. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just over me head, over his yeah. head, over me head. You know, so, uh, but it's an experience for him and uh, I'm hoping he'll benefit from it. And talking about benefiting and results, you benefited from our last week's forecasts. You you went 2-1 up. Um, you predicted Birmingham to get beat at Swansea, a team that you've referenced again on your wall that you, you, you like the way that, that Swansea play. Birmingham, I thought, were absolutely awful. It wasn't a great day at the office as well for your club Wednesday. So both the Owls and the Blues went down 2-1 and, and 3-0 respectively. But what was you, did, did you watch Birmingham City's live game? And what was your take on, I'm hearing so many fans of Birmingham saying, oh, we're back to playing this, this tippy-tappy play that, that Zola used to introduce at Birmingham. I'm not seeing any play at Birmingham City. I'm seeing a centre-half launch the ball up to Djokovic. I'd quite like to see a bit of tippy-tappy football with a bit of purpose and a bit of energy and moving that ball quickly through midfield. What's your take, Tell? You see, what's happened, Gabby, over the years, over the years within England, they've been brought up with, yeah. with the Dave Moyes and Jack Charles and all these managers and, and the Sam Allen and going, you know, get it in the road's head, don't take chances. Mm-hmm. Now, players shouldn't be taking chances for sake, you know, for sake of taking chances. But if you if you get players in there, what's like Jack Grealish, what's composed on the ball, right? You can play football anywhere, yep. right? There's no such thing as tippy-tappy football. It's keeping football yep. with a pace. I don't want to see it at slow, slow, slow. I thought Swansea played exceptionally well, but I'm obviously I'm I'm, I'm neutral to pair of them. Yeah. But I thought Swansea played quite well. Uh, I thought Birmingham were a bit more on the cautious side because I know what managers do. Mm-hmm. We're, we're playing away from home. We've had a couple of good results, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll sit back and then we'll tiny to on counter attack. Uh, but Swansea played exceptionally well, and and Birmingham didn't get much of the ball. If 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 did you watch the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was awful. You to know, be fair. you yeah. know, they didn't they didn't get much of the ball. Mm. But when they got it, uh, they made a mess of it at times. So they were outplayed by me, uh, for me, by Swansea. You know, um, but going back to Swansea, like I said to you last week, when you run about players, it's never bothered me whether anybody's played the football. Yeah, what bothers me. Can the coach? Yep. Can they improve players? And can they improve the team? Yeah. Well, when I watched this, when I watched this Cooper, uh, when he was working up at Liverpool, when Sky first come out, uh, well, not when he first come out, I had Sky a bit like, but for some unknown reason, we used to get uh, Liverpool TV free. Okay. I think made it for a year, for a year, year and a half. For some unknown reason, I seemed to, I had it anyway. Yeah. And I used to watch the U team play, and I thought, and he used to speak quite well, but his team played. Good football, but obviously, but Liverpool, you, they're going to want their team to play football. Yeah. Uh, and it, so he, he'd never played at an high level. But I wrote before the season start a dark horse to watch would be uh, Swansea in the Championship. Yeah. It's early days, they might finish a game relegated. For for all we know, it. I mean, it, they've only there's only four games gone so far. But looking at them, I've not been far wrong with it because they play some great football. Uh, and like I said, he's never played at the high level. It's, it's you know, it's been at Wrexham when they weren't in league, uh, Bangor, Rill, you know, them type of clubs at Wales, down in Wales, you know. But he's, he's, he's wanting his team to play attractive, quick, uh, attacking football, and he's got and he's had good results. So I think this kid can do well. And in, in, in the uh, championship one, the other one I, I put as a dark horse was Swindon and they, they, they've done all right. Yeah. So Birmingham, like my team, had had a nightmare on Saturday and it weren't, it weren't uh, the best football because uh, you want to see them win at all costs. You want to see them win. Mm-hmm. So when they get beat, you look at it, well, they've, they've, they've had a bit of a nightmare. But if you, if you see them, if they get beat and they, you you know, they've been beat by a 1-0 and it's been a good match. You don't mind. So, uh, both of us were, were disappointed this weekend. Magic moment of the weekend. For me, it was a former Birmingham player. I was quite gutted that they sold him to Aston Villa. It was Jota. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I like players like Jota. Yeah. I like players that can pass the ball and are artists. And his ball through to Wesley, who was taking stick. I don't like players taking stick. Um, the ball come out and then he put, he, he's put weights on the right-hand side of the 18-yard box across the goalkeeper like a great central striker and got his, uh, his account up and running 
morning for Villa. And I thought, you know what? Well done. Although Blues fans hate you for saying it, I have to be absolutely truthful and honest when I watch football and my assessment of football. I thought I thought Aston Villa did quite well against Everton, but yeah. at the same time, they've got to be a bit more uh, uh, careful when they haven't got the ball because Everton did cause them a few problems yeah. and could have scored a few goals. Jota's going to get a, a bit of stick if it, if, if it doesn't go right for him because obviously he come from the neighbours, yeah. Birmingham. So uh, but I thought Aston Villa played really, really well. But for me, I've got to, I've got three, and I've got to say all three. The one's my old club, Notts Forest, uh, 15 passes and quality passes uh, with a great ball in uh, for Gabbard to uh, just score an open goal. Yeah. But they had 15 passes on that. The other one is... Uh, Newcastle against Tottenham. I mean, because I'm looking at Benitez and what he did up at Newcastle. If he's a top coach, then why don't he coach players yeah. and say, right, we don't have the money, but I'm going to coach this team and I'm going to make them better instead of moaning and groaning. But Newcastle, their goal against Tottenham, you can look at it and say, oh, well, Tottenham were asleep. But for Newcastle to have that confidence to keep the ball and good quality passing and then finish off with a great goal. So those those two were, were fabulous. But the one I loved more than anything was when um, the boy at Leicester, ex-Sheffield Wednesday lad, come on, Gabby, put his name into Vardy, scored his goal and he went to the United <laughs> and just put his ears up. That topped it all for me. But, but again, you see, I have, the, I, I have this problem with fans when they give. Birmingham City used to give a Bangla horse, so much stick, and yeah. and sing a, a, a not a very nice song about his yeah. mother. And I used to, I used to say, just shut up, because when you wind that player up, that player is going to throw it down you. And then when he scores a goal, and he cups his ears. The fans are going bar. I want him arrested <laughs> for inciting a riot. He's took 90, 90 minutes of abuse, and he scores a goal. And then you want to get him arrested. I thought that from Vardy was brilliant. I love players when they do that to fans. You always said to me, what's it like to play against him? I've never yeah. thought, and I never, honestly, I never think about when I'm playing against my old teams. Yeah. Never, ever. But now then, when you talk about the fans, when they're giving you a stick, yeah. and they're going about stick, Gabby, there's nobody got more sticky football than me. Yeah. But when I, when, when I scored against the, uh, that team, yeah, and that fans, I used to just run up to and go on my hands and knees. Yeah. Or I'd cock my ears. Or I'd, you know, I'd just smile, put my hands out and smile at him and say, what were you saying? You know, yeah. But now that does excite me. And yeah. when they start giving you a stick, uh, nine times out of ten, that player, oh, they want to give stick to, oh, the fear, because that's what it is. The yeah. fans are favouring him, you know, always seems to score or, or make a goal yeah. and throw it back down the uh, fan's throat. Yeah. And then <laughs> the one say, right, we want him sent off, we want him locked <laughs> up, he scores the riot, you know, it's... But, <laughs> It's banter, and yeah. as long as it doesn't get out of hand, it's brilliant for both, for the fans to have a go and for the players uh, to show uh, the appreciation when they do score a goal to the own fans, but just to have a little bit of banter and hope it's a bit of banter that the fans take it the right way are the opposition fans. Hoodie wrote something, I think probably about 1970-71, the more the crowd dislike me, the better I play. And, yeah. and and that is every professional football player that's played the game, and even amateur, no matter what level you play, if you are taking stick like that, you it spurs you on. See, it works in reverse. I, I always laugh when when fans are giving it players because I'm thinking any minute now, pal, any minute now, <laughs> you know. You're right. They could be out. They can be out at game for oh, five or ten minutes, for half an hour. Yep. You know. Uh, and all of a sudden, boom, something happens and they get it and they throw, they throw it, they ram it down the opposition fans and they score a goal or they make a goal. So the better uh, not to get onto that type of player because it does, it spurs them on, it lifts them, it energises them, it makes them want to uh, do things, it makes them uh, want to quiet the opposition fans. So the opposition fans would be better off not saying out about that player who they fear. And then as a player, when you've scored a goal, you might be 
dead on your legs. You might have been running around and you cut. You feel as though you couldn't do another step. You score that goal. You feel as though you could run around the world twice, don't you? A goal must be the most energising thing that anybody is given on this planet. Well, I'll never forget. I, listen, the goalkeepers are the slowest people in a football club. Yeah. The goal weaver, when he scored, uh, when he saved that penalty yeah. kick for uh, Manchester, Manchester City yeah. against Gillingham, I think it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. The, fan, the players couldn't catch him. <laughs> you know, so it's the same thing. When you yeah. score a goal, even the slowest player, I guarantee you, for yeah. some unknown reason, they are, seem to get some energy and, and quickness from somewhere. You watch him, even you think he's a slow player, him. And when he scores a goal, when, when the other players try and catch him, it seems to be able to kick on another uh, another level. It's unreal, that, you know. Yeah. Now, Berry and Bolton, it looks as though tonight Bolton have been saved. I don't know what's going on with Berry. This chance seems to have, have bought them for a pound. And I'm always weary when people buy football clubs for a pound because I think that you, you're certainly going to be taking on a, a little bit of debt that, that's, that's occurred over the years. And, and certainly going forward, you've got to pay the wages of the football players and, and be able to play them going on for for the next period of time that you're going to be at that football club. So we don't know what's gone on at Berry, but I do think that geezer is a shyster, is a chancer, and you've got to really feel for Berry. However, Bolton looks as though there is a, a silver lining behind that grey cloud. And at, we, at this present moment that we talk, they've been saved and they've been bought by Football Ventures. Well, that's that's... That's great to, yeah. to hear that of, of, of ball. I didn't think that would ever fall by the wayside. Yeah, and that would, you know, it's like a, a top player. If he gets himself in trouble, they do all they can to to protect him, like like a Cantona in this world. Yeah. If it's if it's a, a, a nobody of a of a player, and that's a bad word to use, but my English is not the best English. But, you know, if it's a player, what they're not really bothered out, they can't get much money for. They'll let him fall by the wayside yeah. and, and fail. Now, when you look at Bury, it's not it's not a big club, but it's been there for years and years and years. So they might look at it. We'll let them go, and we'll mind stop other other clubs doing what what mm. what, uh, what Bury's done. I don't agree that Man United and Manchester City or the Premier League should bail bail them out yeah. for one reason and one reason only. Bury was seven. This is what I what I've been told. There was seven million pound in debt, mm-hmm. and the person what's bought it, this Steve Day or whatever his name is, yep. or whatever he does, uh, he's got other parent companies, and he's got one of those companies uh, to buy it for seventy thousand mm-hmm. pound, right? And just like the the ones what they did to Leeds, the people who went into Comic when Comic uh, uh, was um, bankrupt, yep. they go in and the asset the asset strip it. And what I was what I was told that they could get a million and a half quid out of it and then sell it on. Yeah. And I, if if I'm honest, we can't prove it. Allegedly, that's what I'm thinking that they've the, the tried to do it to make a quick book, you know. Because when you've heard him speak about uh, Bury, he's not interested in Bury. No. I'm not. I can walk away from Bury. Mm. Well, it's not only the football. It's not only the players. That club's been going for years. Yeah. It's a community. Now, even even if they only get two thousand people, Gabby. Yeah. That two thousand people helps the economy in in in, in uh, Bury. Mm-hmm. People but coming in and buying beer, coming in and spending money in in that town. That that little town can't afford to lose even that type of uh, revenue. What's coming into it? Yeah. What's what's fair about people? What's worked at that football club to get paid a pittance because they want it's their local team, it's their community team, and they help out. They'll do anything. Right, but they still need <coughs> a bit of expenses to go down there and help out at the football club, yeah. and they're not getting paid. They lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. It's a disgrace what he's done, yeah. and it's a disgrace when a, when the football league, right, do not look really deep into these matters because you and I know you we can never prove it. Why do these people come in to the game? They're coming in to make money. Correct. You can all say you can all turn around and say. Players agree to be wages. It's only the elite players. Do you think? Do you think Bournemouth players are on fifty thousand pound a week? Bournemouth players, mm. not a cat in else chance. They might be on thirty. Yeah. Right. We well, Rooney's are on two hundred thousand pound, but there's a lot more generated into that by sponsors and everything else. Yeah. Bo- uh, the the, the uh, 
And Bournemouth in this world are never going to earn that kind of money and players. Somebody said to me, Beckford, when he was on at, um, when he was playing at Bury, he was on eight grand a week. I said, who oh, do you think you're trying to kid Father Christmas? You know, it might be on about 800 to 900 pound a week at that level. They're living in a dream world. But these owners, when they come and take these football clubs in, they've got a budget. They should stay from, from, from day one. This is the budget. Said to the manager, that's what we've got. Work and improve the players yeah. and try and get players in what are better than what we've got. And then say to the fans, look, this is our budget. This is all what we've got. But, you know, we're going to try and guarantee that we're in the league season in, season out. But we can't spend money on players like, say, like a Plymouth or a Bradford or whatever that will, because they are the bigger clubs at that level. Yeah. You know, it's like all the fans at Newcastle going ballistic about uh, Ashley. Whether he's right or whether he's wrong, he's got a budget. And because what anybody says to me, anybody says to me, Newcastle cannot compete with Manchester City and the, Bar- and the Real Madrid of Barcelona in this world spending £200 million on players. You're going to say, well, you don't have to spend that. They can't compete. And that club were in, in a mess when he, when he took it over. Now, is it the best footballing team? No. Does he need to put a little bit more in it to, to buy better, to buy a bit better quality players? I'll agree with that. But once you start to go over budget, yep. that's what's going to happen like he's at Bury and at Bolton. I don't think the budget at Bury is a problem. I think the budget of Bone is a problem. But I want all football fans to understand this. Don't think that these owners put money into your football clubs. Because I'll promise you one thing. By by them putting money into that football club, this is how it works. They can earn more money by putting their money into that football club than they can do in a bank. Yeah. So they'll put, the, they'll put some money in, but they are taking money out yeah. week in, week out to get that money back. Yeah. And that's why they put it in. And there's other reasons for it. You know, I don't want to go into that yep. detail because you can't prove anything. Yep. But there's lots of things what go at, what happens in a football club. And don't think that these owners are putting money into it. You know, they, they, you know they're going to they're going to save my club. They're going to do this. He's going to do that. The managers, getting the right manager <clears throat> will bring them success because the manager will have a right philosophy for the, for the mm-hmm. players. I mean, people said that um, the guy was at... Um, Portsmouth. Um, yeah, I, I nearly said his his name off off my head. Then uh, he went to Sheffield Wednesday. Harry Harry Bednap had him as his Portsmouth. Come on, what's his name? Went to Sheffield Wednesday. Harry. Uh, yeah, it was they, Harry and uh, it was Jim, wasn't it? Jim Smith was was. Um, no, no, no. Um, Harry Harry Redknapp was the manager. The own the owner of the Portsmouth. Oh, Milan 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 Mandridge. And they all said, he's coming to save Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's done great for Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. What Milan Manovic did will make a lot of money when he sold Sheffield Wednesday. It's a big club. Them type of clubs will never fall by the wayside, Gabby. They will never fall by the wayside. It's the Bivis they're not bothered about. You know, so people said, yes, he did well. But by, did he make a lot of money out of Sheffield Wednesday, selling it to the, the, the the new owners? Man- Mandrich had uh, franchise in the old NASL. I, I think that's how um, him and Harry come into uh, contact because he's, he's he's always been in and around football clubs. But like you say, he's not been one of them that's put his own money. He's he's bought football clubs and used the football's finance to move money around. And and these people generally generally speaking don't lose money. They buy football club for a damn good reason to try and earn a profit from it. Now the loan system in this country, I think it's absolutely broken. I think it should be stopped. And the reason why I believe it should be stopped is football clubs, the big, big football clubs, lower down the, the, the leagues, I haven't got a problem with that. And, and, and loaning kids out, and, and not a problem at all. Where I'm looking at is at the top level, you look at the big, the elite clubs, they stockpile players. And then, like with Chelsea last season, I think they loaned about four different teams out, didn't they? Now, if they wasn't allowed to stockpile the players and then loan those players out, 
Teams like Sheffield Wednesday, like Birmingham, like Berry, like Bolton could identify these players, recruit these players, bring them players on, and then when them players are sold, like you, I seen that post from from you earlier today, at Don, from Doncaster to Nottingham Forest, Doncaster receive a transfer fee, and that money gets pumped back into the football club. That seems to have been almost eroded with the way that football, professional football, is set up these days, and it's wrong. Well. I'm glad you brought that up. There's two parts to that. There's yep. two parts to that. I mean, clubs are put. These big clubs now have got far too many, far too many players yep. at their clubs. I mean, like you say, the Champions League now. There's 20 odd games in them. Yep. So they're wanting bigger squads. Mm-hmm. So when Liverpool won and Forest won it, uh, it was just like a knockout competition. Yep. It's like a mini league. So what what's happened? That clubs have got far too many. Uh, players at the club now it becomes a big headache because of uh, having to pick these type of players and that's why you see these in these cups have become uh, like like it's like a a, it's not not competition there's no competition in it we're not really bothered about winning we want to stay in the Premier League so the big clubs have got far too many far too many players so the other clubs are not getting those players right they're not getting them yeah. because they've all they all want to be at a Man United. They want to be at an Everton. Yeah. They've, they've all got 30, 40 players. It never used to be like that. So there were plenty of good players in and around other teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when you come to the bottom uh, two uh, two leagues in our in our country, mm-hmm. Championship One and Championship Two, where are you seeing players being sold now to to over these last years? Yeah. To you know, to an Everton, you know, a Kevin Keegan up to a Liverpool, yeah. a Ray Clemens. You know why? Because the coach, regardless of what anybody says, whether they like it or not, I, I keep, I'm going to ram it down their throats until they, until they get sick of listening to it. The coaching's been that poor; it's untrue. Mm. So, players, clubs are not going to lend play, loan players out to a, a team what just boots the ball upfield. The coaching is that being poor? Is is that poor? That what? If you go and watch the you know the lower championship teams, you wouldn't buy some of them players because the football. Yeah. When you when you look at it, you think, can he play or not? Mm. You know, I know it's hard for him, right? But when I was at Doncaster, I went to I was sold to Notts Forest for seventy thousand pound. Yeah. Mickey Elvis was sold to Preston for sixty thousand pound. Brendan O'Callaghan went to Stoke. I, I can't remember what Brendan went for, and Pete Kitchen. I can't remember which team Pete went. Pete, Pete, Pete Kitchen went for. Oh, what a great career, Pete, because he was a great player with little Pete Kitchen. He played at Cardiff, Fulham, Orient, you know, and, and, and was a good little football. But they were players what came through Doncaster's system and what helped uh, to keep the club going. Now, for years now, we've not, we don't see that. We, what we see is clubs will go into academies and get, and get, the, best, get the best academy player out. Yep. But you're not seeing it coming through I mean Vardy was an exceptional one what's, what's come through but you're not seeing it you used to see it all the time now uh, in, in those days you're not seeing it now because what we've got to do is to, win, is to improve our coaching and sign better players when they were when the kids instead of just signing big lads what are strong because the bypass these uh, other technical players whether they're tall or small or whatever they bypass them because they're not strong enough and then them players have lost the system because they think well nobody wants me I hate that football club I hate that team and then they, they walk away from it mm. I, I don't blame the, the, the foreign coaches I don't blame the foreign managers they produce season in season out and we spend millions of pounds on foreign players coming into this country. And there's only one reason for it. Because what anybody thinks or what anybody says, choose how much they want to shout me down. I know I'm right on this. Because if our coaching and our players will produce at that lower level better, that money from the Premier League will be going down to those clubs to buy some of those players. And it's not happening. And it's that what's, what, what's looking at right more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But but in in terms of that, a lot of those younger players that were developed at thirteen or fourteen, probably fifteen, at Donny, at, at other clubs like Crew, whoever, yeah, Liverpool look at them young kids and then buy them young kids at the age of thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. So they're not coming through. So the quality of them of them 
them football clubs at the lower levels is going to be diminished because they're better players than the ones that could play football. They're taken by the big clubs and then they're loaned back to these other clubs and they're having to pay probably two or three times as much because they're on ridiculous wages at, oh. at, at the big at, at the big clubs. So it's a catch twenty two situation and it's it, it's just, I just look at it and I think no wonder yep. all you lot are going broke the way you the game set up. I've got, uh, you're right part of it, right? Because they'll, they'll go and take what they think is the best player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, there's plenty of times, Gabby, yeah. when they what, the play what they think, what they've taken, think, they think it's the best player. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, a lot of times, really, drop out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the other ones, what come through into the into the team, uh, look good players. Yeah. But because of our coaching, and it's got that poor, it's been unreal. I mean, there were a couple of, a couple of kids what... Uh, I can't remember the names now. What Leeds United had sold to Chelsea for about two, three yeah, million yeah. quid. Yeah, yeah. And because they were the, these were the next next things in sliced bread. Yeah. They're not in the game. Yeah. Yeah. They're not in the game. Mm. I mean, I put Jock. I think Jock could have gone into a Sheffield Wednesday without any doubt whatsoever. Mm. I put him in a, a Doncaster and a Grimsby to open that he'd get into first team. Yeah. Early, early, right? He's got the technical ability. Ability. He needs to fill out, you know, yep. and you, proper pe- football people will understand what I'm saying. Yep. Gabby, when I say this, he needs to fill out. Yes, he will fill out, but he's one of them players. What might be 21 before he fills out? Yeah. Right. Now, when you're growing, some players will grow and they'll fill out. They grow, they fill out. Right. Jock's one of them. What grows, starts to fill out and he grows again. And he's, he's, you know, yep. so he's not, he's not filling out. He's still, you can see he's still a bag of bones. Yeah. So, what what we what we've done in this country with, with the coaching, like I said, because all they all they work on at the, the, the lower level, it's even worse at the lower level. Yeah. Because what they're working on is for them to be successful so they can get another job. Yeah. Instead of looking at to say, right, for me to get a top job, yeah. I need to improve these football players. I need to improve this team. Yeah. We might be able to sell a player to a to to a, to a Sheffield Wednesday, or a Birmingham City, or even a Liverpool. Yeah. You know, Hull's done it. Hull's done it to, to with Robinson at to, to Liverpool. Yeah. The full-back, he came down to Scotland yeah. and, and they plucked him off, off uh, out of Old City. We know he's come from Scotland, but they've looked at it. The kid can play. So if you can coach these young kids at the bottom level and get them into your team, you've got a chance of, of uh, selling them and getting good money. But you're right. What you're saying mm. is they, they're pinching them out of the academies, right? They've already got I've done umpteen players because like Chelsea last year, 40 players on loan. And people said, well, I'm going to bet it. How can they be successful this year? They can't be able to buy anybody. Well, if they've got all these players what's going on loan, they've got all the experience now to to, to, to be able to play for Chelsea. Yeah. And you've got to give them a bit of a chance. There's a lot. It needs, the questions need to be asked, Gabby, by the right people. And, you know, and it needs to be sorted out. We need to get to the root of it because part of it is, what I'm saying is part of it is true. And until we until we start producing quality players and you keep saying, well, we keep buying them. Well, they're buying them abroad. They're teaching them quality. They're getting, they're getting it to their first teams early. So why aren't they doing it here? Wholeheartedly you can, agree. You can, you can turn around and say that um, they haven't got the experience, yeah. but they haven't got the experience on the continent, but they give in yeah. because they're not frightened to play them. They're not frightened to play them because they're good on the ball. What we, what we do, it's like put it into Bill's head. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to tippy tappy in the rounders box. We're frightened because if we lose, if we concede the goal, you know, the the relied on a certain player and it's killed our game off, killed it off, and all this money what's come into it, and these smaller clubs not gain any of it because it's been the money's been spent abroad. Yep. Yep. Finally, it's. Uh... Another weekend of our football predictions. Birmingham and Stoke. Cardiff is the live game on uh, on Friday against Fulham, which is my team to win the uh, the championship. Palace, uh, Villa travel to Palace. Leeds, your tip and Jock's tip to win the championship. Playing Swansea. Wednesday, I've got Queen's Park Rangers and Everton have got Wolves. What's the standout fixture in our Super 6 that, that, that you look at this week? And um, I'll post it up later tonight or tomorrow and we'll both have our go and see. If I well, can that, level it 2-2, will you go 3-1 up? Well, 
you've got to look at Swansea and Leeds. That looks a that yeah. looks a, 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 a good match on paper. You know, uh, top two. Um, but obviously, I'll always look at my own in Sheffield Wednesday as the uh, most important uh, fixture for the weekend. So I'm going for a Sheffield Wednesday win. Yep. I'm going for a, a Leeds win. I'm going for a, an Everton win. Cardiff to beat Fulham. And who's the other one, Gabby? we got Birmingham versus Stoke. And, and Birmingham to beat Stoke. Them, them's mine. And then Palace and Villa. Uh, I'm going for a Villa win. Mm, okay. I'm going for a Villa win. I think I think Palace Palace will struggle this year. Yeah. I know they've got a result at Man United last week, but regardless of what anybody says, Man United ought to be fought up. Yep. In 15, 15, 20 minutes should have been fought up. Mm-hmm. And got knocked out the uh, the League Cup by making again wholesale changes. And I listened to Roy on Talksport today, and blimey, he didn't fill me with much. <laughs> that, oh. that that bloke bores the pants off me, I've got to say. So what he what he does in the dressing room before them Palace lads go oh. out, and I would agree with you. I'd fancy Villa to uh, to. Could you, in a way, can you imagine in a dressing room when he comes and gives a team talk? Yeah, and I'd fall. I'd especially fall asleep. especially with big players like Zaha. Yeah. You know, the the most thing. I mean, you hear players when they when when they're not uh, playing now, and they're on these YouTubes and these podcasts, and you hear them talk about man. I mean, I've always known that because I I know what players are like. Yeah. You know, they're so nice to these managers' face, but they're really taking the piss behind the backs. <laughs> you know, they the think, you know, how's he got a job? His coach is poor. You know, so it's little things like that. Yeah. So when things are not going right, you can see why it gets deeper and deeper, uh, and players. Because players will talk to each other and say, well, he's not good enough to be managing this football club. And that's what happened. It certainly does. Well, let's hope that we're both singing the blues uh, this weekend, mate, with uh, home wins for both City and Wednesday. But we will reconvene this time next week, or it'll be Tuesday night going into Wednesday, as uh, as per usual. Brilliant. And uh, I hope we have a good weekend all around both our teams. Yeah, and, and every- you and your family have a fantastic weekend, and uh, I hope we both singing the blues come Tuesday night. Likewise, tell and let's hope that whoever you are, wherever you're playing, you get on a football pitch and you try and entertain the crowd and give us a magic moment to talk about next week. And to all fans, yes, I want your team to win. I understand you all that, but enjoy. If your team get beaten, the opposition being a better football team. You can be disappointed with your own team, but enjoy the football because you paid a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. So go and enjoy the game. Here, here. Till next week. Cheers, Tal. Cheers, Gabby. Bye. Good night. Bye. 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 SRB Media. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.